welcome to the Movie Journey Podcast, where we break down every film from the IMDb Top 250 list, giving our own thoughts and reviews and any general discussion along the way. My name is Daniel Henderson, and I feel for Sam. I have to carry Dean every episode of the podcast. And I'm Dean Jeffrey, and one day this podcast will end. But it is no, not it this day. <laughs> <laughs> and today it's the end of our Lord of the Rings marathon because we're doing part two of Return of the King. We're here, Dean. Hendo, it's over. <laughs> <laughs> Don't we have to travel back to the start? Do we? Not again. <laughs> no, no, no. We're done after this. I'm saying it like it's a bad thing. No, it's not. This has been fun. This has been fantastic. It has been. It's uh, a great a great trilogy that we've stretched out into six parts. <laughs> milking it for everything we can yeah taking a lot of inspiration from our man peter jackson here but uh yeah it's it's it has been fun maybe we should be having this discussion at the end of the podcast because we still do have this to do (laughs) anyway what else are we doing today hendo well after our breakdown of the episode we're going to take a look at some listener reviews you guys have left for us we're going to look at our question of the week which is what is your favorite best picture winner which is our top five this week we'll take a look at who's going to win our competition we're going to unveil our new tournament of champions the eight winners of each of our decade tournaments that we've done so far it's a big big tipping competition we've got uh, going on it's going to be a lot of good fun coming up to see all these matches because there's there's a lot of really tough matches throughout these next seven weeks i tell you yeah, I'll be honest, I haven't had a look at the uh, the matchups yet. I've just been biding my time with it, so I'm looking forward to getting stuck into that. And then after all that, it's Dean's turn to pick a film. It's been a while since we've had to pick a film, so you got any in mind? You got one locked in? I've got one locked in. Ooh, I can't wait. Meaning, let's do it now. Tell me. Silence. Damn it. All right, let's do this <laughs> instead. Give me the update. All right, Hendo, what's going on on the IMDb Top 250 list? Let's see, we've had two new entries into the list after they've just hit their 25,000 vote qualifier. We have the 1971 film Anand. Is that Indian? Yes, it is. It's in the list at number 69 at the moment. What? Come on. (laughs) We also have the 1942 film To Be or Not To Be. I think that's a Shakespearean film probably. Really? In the list at 191. I'm surprised they wouldn't just call it Hamlet, you know, being the 40. Being the 40s, I can't imagine there were too many other versions already released. Isn't How many Hamlet films are there? There's got to be at least 10. There's at least three, I think. Let's see, what do we got here? City of God has dropped down one spot to 22, bringing Life is Beautiful up one. Joker has dropped out of the top 50, down to 52 now. That brings Rear Window up into the top 50 from 52. Probably the biggest drop for the week is Norsica of the Valley of the Wind has gone from 223 to 227. And... A recent film, 1917, has dropped from 80 to 83. So those are your movers and shakers for this week. Awesome. All right, before we get into Lord of the Rings, Return of the King Part 2, just be aware, we will be spoiling it from the get-go. So if you haven't seen it, you've been warned. All right, Dean, let's do it. Let's finish this off. Let's get into Part 2 of our breakdown of Lord of the Rings, Return of the King. All you have to decide is what to do with the time that is given to you. Strength of arms. Not for ourselves. But we can give Frodo a chance. Alright, where are we up to, Dean? I think we're up to Faramir getting dragged along by the horse back to Minas Tirith. Ah, okay. I was a little off on my notes then. I took a punt and I was wrong. (laughs) Where did you think we were? Uh, the next scene. Oh, okay. So, no, great caution was taken for the scene where Faramir is getting dragged back to Minas Tirith. The filmmakers were afraid that the horse might suddenly start to run and drag David Wenham behind it, so a release system was built into the saddle. So Wenham held a handle in his right hand, and if the horse started to run, he could simply pull on it, and he'd be released, he'd be released from the stirrup. Fortunately, they didn't need to use that in the end. What an obedient horse it was then. So we get into the battle here. I think we did this on purpose. We start the the second part of the breakdown with the battle. The Battle of Minas Tirith, which honestly I kind of like more than Helm's Deep. Am I crazy? I mean, it's it's. I think it's a lot different. Like, uh, it. I don't know. I actually, yes, I think it is better. Or you think I'm crazy? Both. 
<laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Now, I do, I do really like this battle. No one talks about the Battle of Minas Tirith, but they should because it's awesome. I think this battle is a lot more brutal, at least. There's a lot of high points. Less cheesy. Lots of high points. Helm's Deep has some cheesiness. So does this one. Maybe so. Maybe so. But it sort of kicks off here and you got Denethol, you know, just screaming once the... <laughs> Once they start using their trebuchets to good use, Denethol gets stupidly scared here and starts yelling at everyone, Abandon your posts! Well, he's a dick. He's a prick. He, he's he got no leadership skills. He's such a whinger. Oh, he's such a coward. Like, thank God, again, the <laughs> ultimate powerhouse that is Gandalf was there. He is a beast in this battle, isn't he? Yeah. And, like, his fighting style with the staff and sword in hand is, is so oh, he goes great whinger. to look at. He's fantastic. But nothing brings in a little bit more fear than these orcs catapulting the soldiers' heads at them. That'll get you good and scared. Yeah, too too much? No, I think that's perfectly set up for them. Yeah, I really like the the CGI of stuff hitting the, the city. I think it's yeah. so realistic. And because this city is so, you know, so high up, so vertical, when something hits, it falls down and you it it follows the the debris falling and you see the effects of it. I really like that. I mean, we've said it a, a ton of times already. The CGI in this film is is spectacular. It's it's the best of what it is at that point in time and it's it holds up today. It's tremendous. But let's get back to Aragorn and the ghosts. They are they see the pirate ships, Hendo. I must say I wasn't I wasn't a big fan of this scene and I'm 50/50 on whether or not this scene is even in the theatrical cut. It definitely looks like something that didn't need to be in there. Actually, I don't think it is because from what I read, the the scene at the end of the the first half that we did with the the ghost coming out saying we we'll fight, that's not part of that. And the the next reveal of the ghosts is when they actually is when Aragorn get, get off to the, the fight. Ship. Yeah, when they get yeah. off the ships and the ghost yeah. army comes out of the ships. Yeah, so this is extended. Yeah, I I wasn't a fan of it, and it was it was played for laughs a lot as well. Like the pirates are like. When Aragorn says, we will board these ships, the pirate's like, oh, yeah, you and whose army? I was like, oh, God, really? They're doing that? You just, you just knew that line was coming up. I was like, oh, that's such a cheesy line. Like, people know those that line. You don't need to say that. Yeah, but let's uh, move on here to Frodo. Obviously getting tricked by Gollum, as we've, uh, you know, established in the Shelob's cave. Oh, man, this is a... Uh, like, I know, th- I know these scenes and that, they... They're, they're cut up into different scenes, but this whole stretch of the Shelob scene is terrifying. Oh, I thought you were going somewhere else there. Well, oh, you think I was going to bust out the excellent? Well, you you paused for effect. This scene is <laughs> paused for effect. <laughs> good. <laughs> pretty, pretty good. Uh, yeah, I'm a, it is, I've got to comment, this this cutting up of the scenes, like, it, it, they do it throughout. Doesn't work the- well for a breakdown. No, it's kind of frustrating looking, <laughs> yes. and your notes are just keep cutting back and forth, back and forth. But they need to do that in the film, so you you're not stuck with one story for such a long time that you completely forget about everything else. Yeah, they they do need to match it up so it feels like one is impacting the other. Yeah, because ultimately one will impact the other. So, how Sam? I actually didn't remember that he was starting to leave Frodo. He was. Climbing back down. I was under the impression that he just actually continued to follow him just from a distance. No, Frodo told him to rack off and he, he leaves. He listens to Frodo. Yes, yes, Mr. Frodo. But he finds the lemness bread. Which I don't understand because he, he makes out like seeing the bread proves that he's right. Like, had he, did he think he'd eaten it? <laughs> no, I don't think he did. Like, how is that a big reveal for him? Like, oh my God, the bread's there. Because he he opened his bag and and he was the one to say oh the bread's gone like the and then he accused Gollum he took the bread and him seeing that there has given him proof that he did take the bread and got rid of it because he doesn't eat it but it's not like he grabs the bread to take up and show Frodo why would he need to now for proof or dare I maybe say he did sustenance maybe he did saw Frodo was wrapped up in a web saw a shelob spider like you know what? I don't need to hold this lemnus bread anymore I need to kill this spider. I don't know. I feel like we would have seen Sam picking up the bread to take to Frodo, but he sees it, and the whole thing is like, "Oh my God, Gollum did it!" It's like maybe mate, it's you- such a big trek up the stairs again that he had to eat it. You already know, so that it was he Gollum. did eat the bread. <laughs> like, did he think Frodo did? No. Well, that's what I mean. That's what I, that's what I'm saying. 
That's the reveal that Gollum threw the bread off to sabotage him. It's not a reveal because he already knows it. He doesn't know it. He accused him. There are three people there. It's not Frodo. Maybe it fell out of his bag at the time. Then how does seeing it further down the trail prove that it was Gollum? If he was thinking, maybe it fell out of our bag. <laughs> maybe That's what I thought. He just followed him. They just kept following him. It's pretty It's pretty lucky of Frodo to escape out of the, the massive web he had. He was at stuck the last in. second. Yeah. Like, uh, I love him one shot. It looks like, okay, there is no chance he can get through it. The yep. spider is so quick. And he is literally not moving. But no, he's he gets in, He's actually suspended in midair. Yeah, nick of time. He gets there. Yeah. But Shelob is pretty scary. I actually think the the design is realistic. Like it was it was yeah. great. I love the way Shelob moves. A giant spider looking like that. Yeah. Definitely, definitely a frightening scene there. Did anyone actually think that Gollum that was the end of Gollum when he fell down the fell down the cliff? I wonder if people thought, Oh, Gollum's dead. All right, moving on. I mean, yeah, I I think so. Really? Oh, okay. I mean, it's quite a lackluster end for Gollum. I mean, he's been an antagonist for, you know, a long time now. Frodo defeating him in, you know, one-on-one battle or combat is not the worst ending. It's not as good as how it ended up, but I think think when Gollum shows up right at the end, it is still a genuine surprise. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Galadriel helping Frodo up here. The light of Galadriel. Yeah, good honour. Do we want to talk about Mary having a little soft moment here? Just wanting to help? Having a Mary moment? Yes. Is that enough? Shall we move on? This wolf's uh, head. We haven't talked about this wolf's head yet. This thing looks insane. Do you need me to refresh your memory on what the wolf's head is? I mean, I know what a wolf is and I know what a head is. You're not thinking of the massive big thing they're using to barrack, like to break down the door with the oh, flames I, in it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. The wolf's head. Of course. Yes, of course. It all comes right back. Tell me more about this wolf's head, Hendo. I'm looking forward to the, the, the breakdown on this wolf's head. It plays into what they're using, the, the, the fear. Like, first off, throwing the soldiers' heads to scare them, to scare them and then coming in with this massive, big-looking wolf's head. They could have just used, a re- like, a regular big-shaped thing to knock down this door. <laughs> but- a regular big-shaped thing. Uh, what, yeah, shape like a ma- is, what shape is big, Hendo? <laughs> they could use a big piece of wood to just... But bust down the door, but instead they have something that's, that's designed like a big scary wolf with flames coming out of it. You see that coming, you're like, oh shit, we are so screwed. You'd be all like, abandon your posts. No, I would not. I'm not <laughs> Denethal. In fairness, I think you're closer to Denethal than Gandalf, Endo. Hate to break it to you. I'm just trying to compare you to someone just as meek and shrill. I think I'd be the the Legolas. You're like Theoden before he gets the, the curse lifted off of him, before Saruman's out of his system. So I am Saruman then. I'm the Saruman-powered Theoden. Is that what you're saying? Nice. Yeah, I'll the, take that. The weak, shriveled, disheveled. I'll take the ultra, ultimate power that is Saruman. <laughs> I am the combination of Theoden and Saruman. <laughs> None shall defeat me. <laughs> I mean, we've spoken a lot about Denethal already, but he's still doing dick moves here. Just uh, taking Faramir. Let's go burn his body. Let's, we're yeah, all just going to burn together. Him. Yeah, he wants to burn himself. Yeah, he's done. He's out of here. Which I never understood as a as a form of suicide. Surely that is the most painful form of suicide. I would say so. When you just get a knife and harakiri yourself. No, seppuku. Seppuku. No, harakiri. <laughs> Why did I say that? I don't seppuku. know. <laughs> Clearly not uh, wise in the Japanese culture. Clearly forgetting your yojimbo Yes, but the wolf head finally breaks through here. Even Gandalf is uh, taken aback by what comes through that. Yeah, like, he looks Stand your ground, scared. stand your ground. And then boom, like, oh shit. <laughs> Surprised we didn't get a little holy grail. Run away, run away. Why? <laughs> For the laugh, Steen. I mean, can't we just have a laugh? <laughs> at, not right. at my expense. <laughs> Speaking of laughs, let's, let's go back to Frodo. He gets stabbed. Now, that- you talk about... You talk about does anyone actually think Gollum is dead here? Did anyone think Frodo was dead here? No, but that doesn't mean that this is one of the most disturbing images I've ever seen. This spider wrapping him up in the web. Oh, I, man. I love how quiet it is that there's no yeah. score when he gets stabbed. It's, oh, perfect. And the, the the camera angles and the shots of you know looking up as he's walking around, you just see it like over the top of him like, oh, my God, yeah. look up, look up. Even the spot when you see the, the stinger, come down as he's got his back to it, and then it lifts up, and he turns around, and boom, just this immediate stab. It's yeah, it, it's a fantastic scene. Yeah, it is. But someone who didn't think it was as fantastic is our man Sam, though. 
or Peter Jackson for that matter, because he is an arachnophobic, and that's how he based Shelob's design on the types of spiders he feared the most. Massive, massive giant spiders. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think this fight scene between Sam and Shelob's really, really strong, though. Yeah, Sam really proving his worth here. Yeah, and especially the bit where Shelob's like continually tr- stabbing the ground, trying to get him, and he's rolling around yeah, under rolling all around. the legs. It's so good. I, I didn't remember if he actually killed Shelob or not. No, he just wounds it enough to run it, make, make it run away. Yeah, which is good. Like, you don't want a little hobbit to be able to actually kill something as powerful no. as that because it makes it less powerful. Exactly. This scene where Sam... You know, cradles Frodo. That was the scene that Sean Astin screen tested with to get the role of Samwise Gamgee. Was he cuddling Elijah Wood at the point? He might have been cuddling a spiderweb. Have you ever cuddled a spiderweb, Hendo? Not one that big. (laughs) So exhausted of this shit. (laughs) So we're nearly there, Dean. (laughs) You're nearly done on my stupid jokes for the Lord of the Rings. (laughs) Uh, Okay, but we get the Witch King speaking to Gandalf here. How good is this scene? Get the fire sword. And this is the scene I was thinking of uh, at the beginning of last week's episode where Gandalf's staff gets shattered. You have failed. And you think he's about to die. Yeah, I love this scene. This scene should not have been cut for theatrical release. No, you think he's about to die, but no, the horn blows. The Rohirrim army. Theoden, he's shown up with the 6,000 men and one woman. And a hobbit. Yes. There's like, you know, the start of every good battle here. The the big speech, riding along, tapping all the swords like a good king does. I mean, is that common for the no. the, the leader to tap the swords? Are they swords or spears? Uh, both. Okay. Yeah. No, that was improvised on the day. Okay. No, music swelling. They start charging. The battle yeah. of Pelennor Fields. Excellent! This was just so fucking good. Isn't it? Oh, the music build up as they plow through everyone there. I was literally on the couch. Like, I almost, I, I, I did a mini fist bump. Like, fuck yeah, that was awesome. Like, that, it takes, it takes a lot for me to just, you know, actually bring out a reaction. Like, a, oh yeah, that's what you, that's what you want. And as soon as that happened, there was, there was a couple of scenes later on that, that you know, was a contender. But in the end, yeah, I went back to this. This was sensational. Yeah, I've, I've written in my notes potential excellent. I, I don't. I don't mind it, Hendo. It is it is a very, very good scene. So the battle scenes here, which reportedly contained about 200,000 digital participants, are so huge that an extra room had to be built onto the Weta digital effects facility to house all the computer equipment needed to render the scenes. Damn. Now, we had a conversation way back in Fellowship about what render which, actually which means. part? Part one, right oh, at the nice. start. Yeah. Render actually just means to make the image. Not to smooth it out, not to finalise it. It means to actually make the image. Ah, I see mm. now. Thank you for clearing that up, this uh, six-week-long mystery. Oh, I know you've been dying to figure out what it is. If only there was some way previously I could have checked. <laughs> Spo- spoiler alert, uh, every time we got off the, the recordings, he was like, damn it, just tell me what render uh. means. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think of the fate of Denethol here? Uh, I'm glad he's over. I'm glad he's done. I'm glad he's dead. I'm glad that he didn't burn Faramir alive, and I'm glad I think he this jumped- is the the way. He, I think this is the best way for him to go out in terms of his character and what he's done. Him, you know, setting himself on fire essentially and running and jumping off the edge is just, is perfect. Denethol. Yeah, again, I, I think he was a very entertaining character, very good performance, whose time had come. Yes, we got m- bigger fish to fry now. Actually, that oil that Denethor pour, pours over himself and Faramir was a combination of water and glycerin to achieve that appropriate glistening effect. Because of that, the the soaked up wigs and costumes they had to film it in one single take. Was there no money in their in their huge budget for another wig? No, they only had one wig. And they they had to have it done. They can't soak up another wig. One wig to rule them all. <laughs> they actually. Obviously, they couldn't set that whole thing on fire because Gandalf's horse would not go near it. So to solve that, the crew reflected a real fire onto a pane of glass in front of the camera so that it looks like that the whole thing's burning up. Bloody shadow facts, making it hard for everyone. <laughs> but like I said before, the battle that's happening right now is sensational. You, you feel like they're getting the upper hand here and then that look on Theoden's face. <laughs> the elephants have arrived. The elephants. The elephants Man, are coming. You know, you think you think this battle charge earlier run amok. These are elephants that come in and just wreck 
everyone. Yeah, nearly everyone. Mary and Eowyn are killing it, though, aren't they? They are killing it. They do some. They do some pretty good damage along the way here. Yeah, I mean, Eowyn literally saves Theoden, which is very impressive. And now we get <laughs> we get Eowyn versus the Witch King. Now I love this scene. I really do. I also love how easily Eowyn just decapitates the flying beast that he's on. Yeah, it's like a quick dodge to the right and chop, chop, and he's done. Like they weren't really that badass. And then that great shot where like the witchkin like rises up from the the you know decapitated body of of his beast it was great. And we get those lines that you've been hinting at throughout many different episodes coming up. No man can kill me. I am no man. Ah, oh, mic drop. Ah, did everything just click into place for you, Hendo? No, I figured it out two episodes ago. <laughs> you did not. You had no idea. I figured it out when she put her helmet on and was going into battle. No, you did not. I must say the the look and design of the Witch King die, like dying, getting destroyed, the, the crumpled up helmet getting like oh, shriveled in. Yeah, so good. So good. Yeah, so really, good. really good. So apparently in the book, her identity is not revealed until this point. They, they kept it hidden as her, she called herself Durhelm. But obviously they couldn't do this in this film because every time they try, every design they had and, and every helmet they had, you could tell it was her. So they basically made it so you knew who was, you knew it was her from the get-go. Yeah, that would have been good in the book, actually. That would have been a really cool reveal. But who follows in after the Witch King? It's that Gumby Orc. And he gets dispatched off pretty quickly with a little yeah, as Aragorn comes <laughs> in with a quick swift. <laughs> yeah, He's a done. quick swift indeed. Aragorn was awesome. Now I mentioned my... Uh, you know, excellent earlier on. This was the contender. Oh, shit. It's Legolas on an elephant. What? <laughs> Don't lie. Stop teasing, Hendo. <laughs> uh, oh, man. It, this scene. It, it was terrible, but I, the Gimli's line at the end is actually great. I still only count as one. <laughs> nice little punchline at the end there. The, the whole riding on the elephant, like Legolas, the... He could have just taken he could have just taken the ring to Mordor. He would have just, you know, swiftly got there in one piece and off he goes. This he's is just true. he's just that amazing. He is perfect in everything he does. I mean, is he even copped a single blow in this trilogy? Never. Battle after battle of armies. Nah, no one can touch him. The only time he's done something wrong is earlier on when the ship arrived and he was told, fire a warning shot. And only because Gimli knocked his bow, he killed someone. <laughs> and even then I thought he was going to turn it around. <laughs> but victory is theirs. They've done it. They've succeeded. Thanks to the, you know, the ghost army running amok. Deus Ex ghost army, of course. Yes, of course. I did like, the, you know, the look of it, how it looks like a big green wave pouring over Minas Tirith and then across the field, just basically taking yeah. everything out. That looked good. But, you know, Theoden's on his way out. Gives a good heartfelt goodbye to Eowyn. It's a nice moment. Yeah, Theoden's got some good lines there. I'm going to save you. You already did. That's some good stuff. <laughs> uh... Aragorn lets the dead go. He relieves them. Yeah, little Gimli. Just keep them. They're, they're <laughs> useful. Let's keep them. <laughs> Handy to have around. <laughs> That's why you're not king, Gimli. Yeah. Oh, but then Eowyn is just out of commission. I had no idea why. I'm like, what happened to her? She was perfectly fine before. But is it because the, the witch king touched her? In what way? On the arm, Dean. Point on this doll, Hendo. <laughs> 1.5 oh. metres away, thanks, witch king. Oh, but it doesn't matter because a, a warm rag fixed her. Mm. Yeah, she wakes up pretty quickly. Yeah. Oh, and then she sees her new love. No, it's not Aragorn. It's Faramir. Where did that come from? <laughs> Out of nowhere. Just instant sexual chemistry. <laughs> yeah, I did not like this scene at all. It was random. It felt out of place. This whole Faramir Eowyn love story. It's not even a story. They're just together now. Yeah, they look at each other and then cut to them later on. They're holding hands. Mm. Speaking of hand-holding, uh, we get Pip and Merry finding each other now. That's a good role reversal with Pippin finding Merry and helping him out. That scene was actually shot in the day, but they changed it. They altered it later on to look like it was at nighttime, so it appeared that Pippin had been looking at for him for many, many hours instead of a you know a couple of minutes, underlining you know the good friendship between the two hobbits. Yes, because that did need to be underlined. Yes, we, we weren't too sure how good of friends they were, but we did. We actually did fail to mention earlier that Frodo got taken by the orcs. Yeah. Well, now you know, mm. and he wakes up. Surrounded by these orcs, he's got no top on, the pervy bastards. No ring. But no ring. More importantly, no ring. 
Mm. See, I, I forgot where the ring had gone at this point. Really? Yeah, it's really. You forgot about the fat one, did you? <laughs> Smart fat hobbit. <laughs> <laughs> are these orcs? What a, what a stupid race. What a stupid race, this orcs. They just fuck each other up. Yeah, they do. And they also lose in sword fight to a hobbit. Yes, terrible. Like, I'm sorry, but he's still the size of a small child. His muscles are small. <laughs> How is he defeating multiple full-size, like, war-hardened orcs? Yep, it's the, it's the power of love and friendship to get to mm. Frodo. Nothing will stand in his way. But at least the orcs have got them closer to Mordor, Mount Doom. Yeah, I do love when Frodo tells Sam that he's lost the ring and you get that reveal when Frodo's like, oh, shit, Sam took it. You yep. son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, that's on the extended extended cut. Sam, you son of a <laughs> bitch. I like the outer touch of the burn mark around Frodo's neck. Like the ring has just embedded himself into the into his neck. Oh, it's so heavy now. Yeah. Carries him such a burden. If only he could share the load. <laughs> I could carry it for you. Carry it for you. <laughs> Whenever you say that, I just I get labyrinth fives. Yeah, um, you have no power over me. Power over me. Power over me. Toby. Share the load. <laughs> Toby. Yeah, but even Frodo telling Sam here, like <laughs> the, the the burden. It, what? <laughs> Share the yeah. So Frodo's telling Sam here. Uh, <laughs> just pivoted so quickly then. He's caring about Sam here still because even Sam, you can see that little bit of confliction when he goes to give the ring back. He takes a step back. He's like, give it to me, not just because Frodo wants it, but because he wants Sam to not have that burden and responsibility of what can happen. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. I think Frodo just wants it. No, I think he still cares for his friend and he knows what will happen if he takes it. But the ring is precious to him, Hendo. He hasn't gone full precious yet. That comes later. We get a little bit of a discussion here about... Basically creating the diversion for Sauron so that Frodo yeah. can get through. Yeah, it's weird. It's Gandalf is the one who's very pessimistic now. He's like, it's only a matter of time until Sauron gets a ring off Frodo. Like, what? Right, you weren't saying up. that a couple months ago. <laughs> <laughs> but no, so, Aragorn, you know, Ar- Aragorn really in this second half in particular is really becoming quite kingly. Very positive, very much a leader. Well, Theoden's out of the picture now. He can take over. He don't want to step on anyone's toes. But Aragorn, he basically takes everyone on a suicide mission. Let's march on the Black Gate, not for victory, but to, yeah, to keep Sauron's eye blind to all those who move inside Mordor. I, I just, it's a very ambitious plan. What else are they going to be doing? Just chilling at Minas Tirith? Living. Not for long, if they don't succeed. I guess. Oh, I guess. You're right, Hendo. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's when you know that Dean's accepted that I'm correct. I guess. But how does he do it? He looks into this orb, shows the sword. This was a weird scene as well. Extended? Yeah, I mean, I think so. I don't I didn't remember it very well. You can do without it, but it it does make a bit of sense as to how they, you know, start to get this ball rolling on, you know, we're going to be showing up here. Yeah, could have done without it. But we get Frodo and Sam in their little orc outfits now. I mean, are there orc children wandering around? Where are they getting children? Where, where are they getting extra small orc armor? He actually got a pretty good point there. Ah, the equivalent of the I guess from Hendo. Uh, I that's guess a, that's a pretty good point there, Dean. Bravo, sir. <laughs> <laughs> and like they've got this inspection coming, which is odd. Super random. Like why? Uh, like why do they need this inspection? They are mindless fighting machines. Like. It's it's odd. And then you don't need a close inspection to tell that two of the people are half the size of everyone else there. But orcs are dumb as shit, as you can see. Start a fight, and then they all get distracted. Sl- slip out the side. To me, this this whole scene kind of stunk of extended, but it they is. have the armor on. It is extended. <laughs> so I guess the, the part coming out where they ditch all the unnecessary weight is extended as well. Uh, I guess so. This whole sequence here is extended. Makes sense. Just another hurdle on the way to Mount Doom. I love I love actually you talk about them getting rid of their armor. They discard all of their armor and then they immediately cut to them shivering. Like <laughs> I don't know about you, but if I'm freezing, I would keep armor on. Surely that is providing about you. some warmth. 
But if you're standing pretty close to a volcano now, would you be shivering? No, especially not with all the cardio I've been doing, right? You'd be, you'd be quite worked <laughs> up. It's like you can just picture Sam looking over to Frodo like, are you fucking kidding me? You're cold? Stand up. I'm not carrying you anymore. <laughs> but let's go back to Aragorn and Co here. They're at the Black Gate here. Pretty interesting tactic, getting the, uh, the mithril and showing that. Oh, yeah. What would you think of the smiley guy? Weird. Creepy. Oh. I thought he was awesome. I can't get that image of like him smiling and you hear like the wetness of his mouth. It's yeah. Like, okay. I love how everyone is, you know, they're, they're having, they're getting angry and they're like, calm down, calm down. Aragorn, he's calm. He's calm. Bang! Off goes the head. Yeah, it was great. It was great because you don't expect it. Apparently this scene was filmed in a desert that was used by the army as a training field. And because it was still littered with mines and bombs that hadn't gone off, the army had to sweep the field with metal detectors to make the danger for the actors, actresses and extras acceptable, at least. Well, let's be thankful they did that then, eh? I wonder if they actually found any, or if they just swept and confirmed there was none left. Either way, it's a safe field. What do you think of this speech from Aragorn? Oh, it's great. It's really it like one of the all-time memorable speeches. It is. It's fantastic. I see in your eyes the same fear that would take the heart of me. A day may come when the courage of men fails, when we forsake our friends and break all bonds of fellowship. But it is not this day. An hour of wolves and shattered shields when the age of men comes crashing down. But it is not this day. This day we fight. By all that you hold dear on this good earth, I bid you stand. Really pumps them up, really pumps me up, ready for this battle. Actually, to get enough extras for the battle at Blackgate, a few hundred members of the New Zealand army were brought in. They apparently were so enthusiastic during these battle scenes that they kept breaking their wooden swords and spears they were given. (laughs) I mean, is the New Zealand army really doing much at the moment? Or at least in 2000? Ah, and probably at the moment. I don't know. What do you want me to say? I I don't have a quip for that one. I want you to have a quip, Hendo. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Still waiting. Nah. I mean, <laughs> I'm all quipped out with this Lord of the Rings. Wow. What a soft ending for us. Well, have you got something? I've got the setup. Then you're, normally you have the punchline to go with your own setup. That's why you make I, yourself I laugh know. so much. I, I, I agree with you. I do normally do the setup and the punchline. <laughs> yeah, you, you do the you, setup. You give me nothing. <laughs> you do the setup and the punchline and the laugh. Yeah, it's a trifecta. <laughs> you don't know it's funny if you don't hear me laughing. God. Nice little moment here with Gimli and Legolas. I thought I'd die fighting side by side with an elf. What about side by side with a friend? I. I mean, really, this closes out their three movie arc. Yeah, what little arc they had. I mean, they've gone from not liking each other, just, you know, because they're both being racist pricks, to the point where they can look past race and die side by side with a friend. Aye. Couple of touching moments here with Sam, remembering the Shire with Frodo. Reminisce. This will help you get up. Go. Go for it. Nah, doesn't really work that well. But you know what, Will? No. Carrying. I can't carry it for you. But I can carry you. What a line. Such a good line. It's so good. Sam is so good. It really annoys me when they talk about, like, ah, Frodo, what's he doing? Poor Frodo. It's like, Frodo would be still at the Shire. All right? (laughs) Sam did all of this. Sam Sam is the one. Yes. Sam's amazing. And I will not hear a bad word about Samwise Gamgee. But the army's about (laughs) to attack here. Like like this bit. This is exactly what I'm talking about. So Aragon and co, they're like, all right, we're about to get our asses kicked here. We're probably going to die in the hope that this is successful. He steps forward. For Frodo. How about for Samwise? <laughs> you just hear in the background one one single person. Don't forget Sam. <laughs> now that sounds very Monty Python-esque. Yes. <laughs> just cut to one of those. But they're nearly there, mate. They're nearly there to get... Oh, no. Gollum sneak attack. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. This, uh, this fight with Gollum. Sam saves the day again, throws a rock. I mean, Gollum's really strangling Frodo pretty good here. Yes, he is. Why doesn't Sam just finish the job? They've got to run into the, the volcano, don't they? Well, they got to get it done, yeah. I think that's more important, actually. But what, what else is coming here? Something's coming. It's the Nazgul. Is it? I thought it was the Eagles! <laughs> the Eagles are coming! 
Yes, the Eagles are here. Uh, finally, we need more Eagles. They fight the Nazgul, who really don't look like much, uh, you know, when up against a really big bird. <laughs> <laughs> Deus ex eagle. I can't even think. Deus ex eagle. Eagle. Nailed it. <laughs> All right. Am I getting it ready? Yeah, get it ready. Frodo enters Mount Doom, and this sequence is my... Excellent! Yeah, this was the other contender. I mean, this this scene is amazing. Let's let's start with production design. The whole look of this sort of platform going out into the middle of this, you know, soon-to-be-erupting volcano is fantastic. The fire swirling around everyone is amazing. Then you get Sam, like, screaming at Frodo, you know, destroy it and go on now, which is so reminiscent of Alron to Isildur. Throw it in the fire! Thank you. <laughs> but, you know, the ring and Sauron, they speak to Frodo. Yeah. And Elijah Wood, like, we do we do crap on about Sean Astin a lot, saying how amazing he is, but Elijah Wood really does sell this moment as well. He looks, he downright looks possessed here. The ring is mine. So, oh no, so close. Yeah, exactly. Like, we've had this huge, epic, epic journey. And for him at that final precipice to just be like, nah. And the look on Sam's face. Yeah, that, that is, is sensational. Honestly, it's it's that look that pushed me over. That Sean yeah. Aston despair. Where he's like, no. Yeah, puts the <gasps> ring it on. Was so good. And another Gollum sneak attack. Yep, he's there. He's there. Bites he, his he jumps off. Yeah. I like I like that it's Frodo never actually throws the ring. Like the the ring consumes him. Like the ring consumes all. Like there's no being that could resist the power of the ring in the end. The only reason he fall like, the only reason the ring goes in is because they both fall. The only reason the the ring goes into the the fire is because Gollum bites his finger off. It's it's interesting that Frodo never actually releases the ring. Yeah, which is what I love about you know the ending here is that it's not just good versus evil. You know, like there's some good in the evil, there's some evil in the good, and even the most absolute purest of characters in Frodo Baggins does succumb to the evil of the ring, the evil within. It yeah. comes out. And I love that... The only reason that they're successful, that evil is defeated, you say, like, yeah, Frodo doesn't physically throw it in, but it's through Frodo's actions that the ring is destroyed. It's through Frodo's pity previously in saving Gollum and also Bilbo's pity in saving Gollum in, you know, all those years ago in the events of The Hobbit that actually completes the, you know, destruction of Sauron. It, It is amazing when you think about it. You are completely spot on there, mate. How great is the shot when Gollum finally gets it and the camera comes through the ring? Oh, up? yeah. Sensational. Oh, it's it's like it's iconic. Yeah, just that relief that, oh my God, I I have the ring again. I have my yeah. precious. Yeah. And even when he falls down and you see him fall into the lava, he's holding he the ring. He doesn't even care about up. the lava. He's holding he's holding the ring up like he wants to yeah. protect the ring more than yeah, anything he's to, else. Yeah, he's to, as much as possible. I love that the ring takes a while before it burns. Yeah, it, it just forms, sits on top. It forms a rock, and then the the elvish writing is yeah. it elvish? Yeah, yeah. You know, appears and then melts through. And Sauron destroyed explosions. Boom, destroyed but, everything. But then we get then we get you know we get the stupid fake out of Frodo hanging off the side of the edge. Whatever. But that moment where Sam's reaching down and he looks at Frodo and he's like, oh, no, he, he could just give up now. This could yeah. be the moment where he's just like, I'm done. And he's like, don't you let go. Reach. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> and then how good is is uh, how good is Merry? We cut to Merry on the battlefield. Frodo. And then the volcano <laughs> erupts immediately. He's like, oh, like, oh shit. <laughs> then you cut God to damn Pip it. crying. <laughs> it's just like in the space of like ten seconds, you've got that joy of Mary. Volcano explodes, and Pip's crying. It's awesome. But they get out of there, and they talk about what they're going to do now. It's done. Okay, it's done. I don't think they're talking about what they want to do. I think they've basically succumbed to death here. I think they're talking about what it would be like going back to the Shire. Yeah, yeah. They're saying, yeah, yeah. 
They're living in a fantasy. But, of course, this is a fantasy movie. So the eagles come. Deus Ex Eagles. That's it. They're there. And now we get the beginning of the ending. Endo. Now, they're obviously one of the one of the biggest criticisms of this film that a lot of people say is it the endings. The multiple, multiple endings and it goes on for too long. And from the one time I watched it, yeah, it felt like it went forever. Not this time. I had no issue with these endings. Yeah, I am in full agreement with you. I was yeah. waiting. I looked at the clock at this point. I was like, all right, it's three hours 43. The movie goes for four hours 23. I was like, there's 40 minutes left. There's probably 20 plus credits of, um, 20 plus minutes of end credits. I was like, yeah. all right, let's see. Let's see how slow this next bit feels. And I, was, I would say the only part where I was like, oh, it's, there's another scene is Sam and Rosie walking into the house. But that's yeah. literally 30 seconds. I was like, this really is not a bad way to end this series. No, I thought I had no problems with this whatsoever, especially after going through all these in such a, you know, in-depth discussion and watching these for the extended versions and really getting into it, like, having this time to actually say goodbye to these characters was nice. I had no problems whatsoever with this. Yeah, and you, you, you get this parallel scene here of Frodo waking up and you get the, the procession of people coming in like we had in The Fellowship of the Ring. And again, yeah. why is it not Sam waking up and the procession coming in? <laughs> like, how come he's already up and healthy? Because he didn't have a ring to, to bear. He had worse. He had Frodo to bear. <laughs> to deal with his shit. <laughs> Your leg's painted on, mate. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> now it's a nice scene where everyone comes in one by one, big smiles, all nice and happy. But uh, King Aragorn. Yeah, let's go, to, let's go to King Aragorn. He's got a nice, luscious beard now, doesn't he? He also has a nice, luscious singing voice, does he not, Hendo? Yes, he does. <laughs> I must admit, I did, I did, I did smile when he started singing. I was like, oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta sing. Uh, Now, one thing that irks me almost as much as the lack of appreciation that Sam gets, the level of appreciation that Merry and Pip get here. When the four hobbits, who I'm sorry, have not gone through the same uh, the same experiences, they bow to the new king, which, you know, understandable. And Aragorn is just like, my friends. You bow to no one. I was like, hold on a second. Two of them bowed to no one. Merry and Pip should be bowing. Frodo and Samwise, you... Battled the depths of Mount Doom and de- de- destroyed the ring. Mary and Pippin, you rode the Ents and was, you know, killed um, a, a, an elephant. An elephant. With <laughs> so help. I went to say it. I might have. I was halfway with through help. it. I was like, damn it. Yeah, with help. Uh, it is a nice scene, though, when, you know, my friends, you bow to no one and the whole place bows. It's nice. It's touching. Yes, it is. Not as touching as uh, Sam and Rosie, though, am I right? I did find it funny that when they rode back into the Shire and you get that grumpy old guy from the first one who's just, he's in the same spot. He's, you know, sweeping his front lawn and he looks up and he's like, mm, these bloody little hobbits. They, they have done, they're totally different now, but he's still the same person. Did I ever tell you, and it's actually been a while since I, I read up on this, but in the books, what happens once Frodo and Sam get back to the Shire? Refresh my memory. Saruman has taken over the Shire. What? Yeah. There's like this, they've got to like defeat Saruman. What? Yeah, I'm telling you, I, I was I was very weirded out by it. Maybe it, it feels right when you're reading the book, but I was watching some um some stuff on it and I was like, gee, that, that would be so strange to defeat Sauron and then have to come back and you're encountering Saruman. So what Very happens? Odd. Oh, I don't know. Don't don't ask for more information. They they you know Samwise goes beast mode. Sure, let's go with that. Yeah, we get a little quick four years of runtime here. Sam gets married. Frodo writes his book. Left some pages for him. Frodo writes the whole damn book. Sam gets a couple of pages at the end. I mean, is Sam gonna do anything close to you know the Lord of the Rings? The end chapter is Sam. I carried this bastard. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he puts it, the last bit of the the book is you know Frodo actually put the ring on he he gave into the ring it was it was me that that saved this whole fucking place <laughs> he was gonna walk off with the ring 
Uh. <laughs> I did like to see uh, Bilbo again. Really old Bilbo. Super old Bilbo now. Still talking about the ring. That's all he wants. Yep. How funny does Bilbo look when he gets on the ship with Elrond? A tiny little, tiny you know, little hobbit. It's gold. I'm glad Frodo goes with the elves, though. There's no place for him there at, at the Shire. No, well, the thing like I think with the, with Bilbo and Frodo is they've had this, you know, this ring the, that's taken over them. I think they're both in that same, you know, area. Like he's he never let go of the ring. It's still a part of him. Yeah, yeah. But we get Sam and uh, Rosie and his family walking inside, and we end on a yellow door, Hendo. Did you know the movie was actually supposed to end with another voiceover epilogue by Galadriel? Oh, my God. Detailing the fate of the Fellowship of the Ring after the events of the movie. They'd actually filmed some scenes with Gimli and Legolas for the purpose of this uh, part of the movie, but they didn't use any of it in the in the end version, obviously. That would have been stupid, having a couple of scenes of Legolas and Gimli back right at the end. They're done. They were half an hour ago now. Yeah, definitely the right time to end it now. One thing I noticed quickly on these end credits is, why is Liv Tyler third build? Is she? Yes. We got Elijah Wood, Ian McKellen, Liv Tyler. Like, what? Wow. She must have a good agent. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Surely Viggo Mortensen, Sean Aston. Come on. Yeah, I think they were further down the line, I think. I think Hugo Weaving was next, maybe. What? Bloody elves. <laughs> Surprised it wasn't opening up the credits with Orlando Bloom. <laughs> Riding the elephant, the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> <laughs> no, but Dean, that is it. Our Lord of the Rings journey is complete. Yes, it is. Any last words? All right, Hendo, you want to kick this off? Uh, no, you can go first. Okay, mine will be super short. Okay, I feel like we've said enough. How about you? <laughs> 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 nah, um, I mean, what do you say? I, I love this trilogy. It is an amazing trilogy, and this movie, there's really no negatives, especially, like, having done part one last week and then part two this week and having all of part two in today's, like, it's just perfect. <laughs> like, this yeah. this stuff, you get this amazing battle and then the epic conclusion with Frodo and Sam. It, it's it's it, This is a near-perfect film. Honestly, it is an amazing film. I love close to everything about it. Especially, I I gotta say though, I think I think if I went back and was to rewatch it, I think I would give the theatrical version a go. I really do. Yeah. I think I think at this stage, after what we've just done, I could do without the added scenes. You could do without Saruman getting killed and Gandalf getting his stuff. Broken. Yeah, un- yeah. There's good stuff, but there's also a lot of a lot of unnecessary padding. So, but for me, this film is amazing. Uh, performances, production design, like it won ton of Oscars and deservedly so. So, really, for me, this is an easy, amazing, amazing, outstanding. Yeah, I expected nothing less from you. All right, my thoughts on this film. I, man, I was uh, kind of blown away by this film. My, my initial memory of this film wasn't as good as the experience I had watching this film. The overall pacing of this four-hour epic was handled so well. I It set up so well, like the, the setup all the way up to Minas Tirith and the battle, any all the little subplots that happened in between. Like I said just before, the, the half-an-hour ending of saying goodbye to everyone felt perfectly fine it was it was touching it. it i think it catered to the moment the cgi in this film is it's unbelievable like it, it never really you know it never i never really looked at something and go oh that's pretty bad that's some awful cgi it's it's gritty it's grimy it's dark in the most darkest places it's terrifying at points there's there's moments i had actual reactions like i'm fist bumping i'm like fuck yeah this is fantastic the the conclusion of this film is just it's insane like I didn't know if it was going to happen, but it did. Amazing. Amazing. Incredible. Outstanding. Nice. Good to hear it. Yeah. I, I, I'm blown away by this film. I love it. I was the best because the crowd loved me. All right, Dean, where is Lord of the Rings Return of the King going to sit on your rankings? Well, I think it's better than The Fellowship of the Ring, uh, in case that wasn't clear. I th- for me, it is three, one, two in the ranking order. Um, and I assume that's the same for you? Yes. 
Yeah. So for me, let's look at right above where I put the fellowship. Now I put the fellowship at number eight. So let's start there. Ooh, we're going top ten. Next up is the Matrix at seven. Not as good as the Matrix. Return of the King is going to be next to Fellowship at my new number eight. Fair enough. All right. Let's start for me at number 20 with the Terminator. I think this is better than the Terminator. Moving on, I think it's better than the Prestige. I also think it's better than your name. We get to the Wizard of Oz and it is better than that as well. We're up to LA Confidential and Return of the King is going to continue on here. And then we got up to Mad Max. What number are we at now? We're up to number 16 with uh, a battle against Mad Max Fury Road. And that's where it's going to stop. Mad Max Fury Road, I feel, is a better film than Return of the King. So Return of the King is my new number 16 out of 59 films. Very good. I'm Nick. I'm Justin. And I'm Brian. We are the Epic Film Guys. We want to let you know that the fourth annual live stream for The Cure is only a couple weeks away. Every single dollar raised goes to the Cancer Research Institute to help us fight for a future immune to cancer. And once again, donations will be doubled. Join us May 27th through the 31st for 48 hours of content from creators around the world. Please help us spread the word so we can smash our goal of $10,000. Please visit www.livestreamforthecure.com to make an early donation and to learn more about the event. Together, we can make a difference. Hey listeners, we just want to take a quick second here to thank you for taking the time out of your day to come and listen to us banter on about movies and all things movie related. Yeah, it really does mean a lot to the both of us. We're always looking to improve our show and get our name out there. And there's a couple of ways you can help us. Yeah, one of the easiest ways is to just get the word of mouth out there. Let your family and friends know about the show and where they can find us, which is pretty much everywhere. Places like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and of course, Podbean. We're very thankful to Podbean for taking on our podcast. Yeah, definitely. It's a great hosting site with a great app to go with it. Yeah, what I like about Podbean's app is you can actually comment on the episode you're listening to and it goes straight to us and we can reply back immediately. We've also opened up a new little merch store over on Public. We've got uh, a couple of t-shirts and hoodies and mugs and all that good stuff for sale. So if you're at all interested in getting a little bit of Movie Journey sweet, sweet merch, head on over there and see if anything tickles your fancy. Amazing! And if you'd like to get a hold of us, you can do so over on Twitter. Hendo controls our main handle at the Movie Journey and I am at Dean's Toofy journey. You can also check out our Facebook page at facebook.com slash the movie journey, our letterbox pages where we keep our film diaries up to date. I am at letterboxd.com slash Dino underscore J88. Really rolls off the tongue. And you can find Hendo at letterbox.com slash Hendo. And we also have a new Facebook discussion group. Yeah, a little listener community going on over there. Yeah, head on over, join up. We'd love for you to be a part of the discussion. Exactly. Another way to help us out is to leave a five-star rating and review on iTunes for us. And like we've said, if you screenshot your review and DM us, we'll send you out some new sweet, sweet merch. Or if you're really loving the show and want more, why not check out our Patreon, where we post another weekly show, breaking down films not on the IMDb Top 250 list. Yeah, we've got over 70 episodes over there, including such classic film series like the Die Hard series, X-Men series, Mission Impossible series, as well as some notable film directors such as Wes Anderson, Edgar Wright, and even Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, that's right. There's also tons of benefits over there, early access to our main show, patron-only polls that we put out on the regular. Yeah, exactly. You can even shape the show the way you want to, by telling us what films you would like us to break down. So what's coming up this week, mate? Well, Dean, we are past the halfway point of our Harry Potter film series and it's time to check out Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. Yes, the uh, <laughs> the shittest Harry Potter book. So I'm <laughs> <laughs> to say I'm keen to watch the film is uh, being generous, but I'm at least looking forward to talking to you about it, Hendo. Well, that's very generous. It's not usually what you say, so I'm, I'm happy that you, you're going to think that. Now, just remember, we've got a big competition going on, a big raffle for this month on Patreon. If you sign up or you are already a patron, at the end of the month, we're going to draw out a random name, and whoever that is is going to get a Movie Journey t-shirt sent to them. So, perfect time to join up to Patreon, I reckon. Absolutely. So, if that sounds like something you'd be interested in, head on over to patreon.com slash themoviejourney and check out the myriad of rewards and benefits we have to offer. All right, mate, let's get to... We may still have mail. Mail, mail, mail. Here it is. And this oh. could be it. Oh. And we've got a couple of reviews here, mostly from, actually not mostly, all from our lovely, lovely patrons. First one here from Jacob Bennett. 
Return of the King is one of the best fantasy films ever made with amazing action, writing, acting, and direction. Peter Jackson knocks it out of the park. Next up from Ben Mulverhill. Return of the King is as good as it gets for me. Wow. By the time I've watched the other two, I'm always fully invested in this one and cannot take my eyes from the screen. Boom. Boom. High praise. Here's one from Chris at the Rough House podcast. Peter Jackson really stuck the landing in wrapping up the Lord of the Rings trilogy here. All of the many loose threads and errant storylines are wrapped up in a satisfying and beautiful way. Sure, it's long, and sure, many jokes were made of the multiple endings, but I think that's what makes it work so well in giving everything time to breathe, wrap up, and even go a little further for the journey of these amazing characters. I still only think of Randall's speech from Clerks 2 during the one ending scene, though. Uh, Thank you guys for putting in a review there, but of course we've got... Extended editions have to be pulling the whole series down for me. I'll have to go back to the theatrical cuts in a few years just to see if it makes a difference. It isn't the extra content in the films, I don't think. In fact, in this movie, it was interesting to see Saruman's demise, assuming that is an extended scene. But when have I ever wanted to watch a four-hour movie? I can't even really think of any other movies this long. Once Upon a Time in America. (laughs) Uh, I like the ending of this movie. That's in spite of everyone complaining about the false endings and so forth. I thought there were some powerful moments. Smeagol is definitely a highlight. Yeah, I don't think they're complaining about the, the Gollum stuff. No. Overall, like The Two Towers, this movie was generally boring. A lot of stuff going on without much stuff going on. <laughs> a lot of okay. shots and takes that just carry on forever. A lot of stuff repeated. This film was also really, really corny in parts. I cringed a few times. I don't have much else to say. I probably like this one more than the other two, but they're all getting the same grade. Three stars. All right, shame. I'm sure you're happy that these are over. <laughs> now, obviously, I've been doing some polls over on Twitter about about all the films we're doing breakdowns of and asking, do they deserve to be in the top 250 films of all time or would you put them in the top 250 films of all time? And obviously, I put through all the Lord of the Rings films recently and for The Fellowship of the Ring, we had 69% say yes, it should go into the top 250 films. Two Towers had a 57% yes and Return of the King also had a yes at a 66%. So overall, Fellowship of the Ring got the highest percentage of yeses out of those three films. I mean, marginally. Yeah, very, very close. Looking at some older ones we've done, Vertigo had a 67% yes. That's huge. I voted no. (laughs) (laughs) Wild Tales had a 90% no. Because no one had heard of Wild Tales. (laughs) I must say it was the lowest votes we got on one of these. What about this one? Singing in the Rain, 75% yes. The highest of all all the polls we've done so far for these films. Wow. Looking at your name, we've got a 73% for no, which is a bit shattering. I mean, again, it's these people who haven't seen it. Then don't vote on it. Yeah, I was going to say, why would you vote if you hadn't seen it? Or maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they've seen it and they don't like it. That's true. We'll never know. No Country for Old Men had a 67% yes. And the last one here, A Beautiful Mind, had a 63% no. Yeah, I think I voted no on that one as well. So what what does that say that uh, Singing in the Rain is the highest percentage of yes we've had so far? I assume you disagree with that? Uh, I would vote no. Like a heavy no. I mean, how heavy does it need to be? It's a no. It's a no (laughs) from me. All right, mate, let's get to... That's my question! The question, jerk! Where we asked you is, what is your favourite best picture winner? Let's have a look here on Twitter. First one from Sam at the Movie Reviews and 20Qs podcast, Casablanca. Next up from Ryan L. Terry, The Silence of the Lambs. Most recent winner of the Big Five Awards, and it's a big win for horror. Farrier Collins says The Apartment. Dan is not the problem, says The Sting. Have you seen The Sting? I have. Ah, good. Did I get you to watch that? Yeah, I think you did. Jeffrey Kerr says West Side Story. Jeremy says No Country for Old Men. Tommy Jones has gone for American Beauty. Ha, <laughs> Malin181 says, mine's Ben-Hur. It's pretty much Forrest Gump, but set during the events of the New Testament rather than 1960s and 70s. How could I not love it? To each their own, Malin. Kudos for mentioning Ben-Hur and Forrest Gump in the same part there for Dean to read. (laughs) Kyle Flyberg says, The Departed. Huckleberry Scott says, Lord of the Rings, Return of the King. Nice, good pick there. Emma has gone with The Bridge on the River Kauai. West Newton Cinema says, Saving Private Ryan. Wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) And our last one here on Twitter. 
Scott Murphy says, The Godfather, part two. All right, thank you everyone for putting in a response here, but Dean, we're going to get to our top five best picture winners and see who's going to take out our competition this week. And as usual, we'll kick it off with you. What is your number five? It is the movie we just spoke about. It is Return of the King. A solid choice, a fine choice. My number five is The Silence of the Lambs. Ah. My number four is Braveheart. Very good. My number four, uh, it's Rocky. That's right. It's Rocky. I swear you just do this to annoy me now. It, that just It's an extra benefit. There's no way you can like that movie that much. I mean, you've heard me say how much I love it. I think it's uh, it's quite uh, easy to, to think my, that. My number three is The Departed. Very nice. My number three, Gladiator. Just missed my list, did Gladiator. Uh, my number two is The Godfather. That is also my number two. And our number ones are exactly the same. It is, of course, The Godfather Part 2. Big Godfather fans over here. Clearly. <laughs> yes. All right, our joint top five here is number five, Braveheart. Number four, The Departed. Number three is Gladiator. Number two is The Godfather. And, of course, number one is The Godfather Part 2. Now, let's take a look at our competition. And competition is a bit of a stretch here because there wasn't even anyone close to a runner-up here. This was all one person this week with five out of five picks. Correct. Only one in the right spot, but still, five for five. Nailed it. With a list of number five, Gladiator. Number four, Braveheart. Three, The Godfather Part Two. Two, The Godfather. And number one, The Departed. He's been complaining he hasn't won one of these yet, but he's got it. <laughs> it is Brother Shane. He nailed this one. Well done, buddy. Well done, mate. You finally got it. All right. Well, obviously, we can easily get in contact with you. And Dean was going to give you some sweet, sweet merch. I'll give him something. All right. For next week's question of the week, it's from our patron, Jacob Bennett. We've been holding off on this one for a while because we were doing our Lord of the Rings trilogy. His patron requested question is, what is your favorite film in the Library of Congress? Yes, I will have to look up what the Library of Congress is. But when I do, I'm sure there will be a plethora of options. At least I hope there is. Well, Dean, you know how sometimes when in the trivia I mentioned this film has been uh, cited for preservation in the Library of Congress. Of course, you say that regularly. I do for those films that get preserved in the Library of Congress. So those are your films that are in there. Fair enough. There's this tournament. Let the tournament begin! All right, Dean. We're finally here. This has taken many, many moons to get to. It is the Tournament of Champions, the eight winners of our decade tournaments we've done. Jeez, how long has it been? It's been too long. Too long since we started our 1940s tournament. Literal weeks, Endo. You could, go, you could even say literal months. But how we're doing this is we've got every movie battling every other movie in seven rounds along the way here. And we've got our Facebook listener community people and our awesome patrons to put in their tips, who they think is going to win each of these matches. And at the end of it all, whoever ends up tipping the most correctly is going to get a nice Movie Journey coffee mug. Okay, as great as that is, how does the actual competition work? So once every movie has battled every other movie, is it simply a who has won the most? Or is, nope. does, is there rounds of finals and a grand final? Yeah. There's going to be, the, obviously there's eight, so this whole seven round structure here is to set up the seeds. Who's going to be number one? Who's going to be number two? And we're going to do an eight movie battle, elimination style, to see who is the ultimate, ultimate movie. Because these films deserve a lot of battles to, to find out. It can't just be one and done. We need to see multiple different battles of all these movies. Your commitment to Twitter polls is, as ever, very impressive. Thank you. But this first round here, for this first week, we have Inception against Casablanca. We have 12 Angry Men against The Dark Knight. We have Psycho against Pulp Fiction. And we've got Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope against Star Wars Episode Five: The Empire Strikes Back. Mm, I think there'll be a couple of uh, blowouts there, but a couple of close ones as well. Interesting. Well, I look forward to seeing your tips when we put them in. And I look forward to seeing everyone else's and see how everyone stacks up with their own opinions of this tournament. So, what's next? Okay, it has been, uh, what, eight weeks since we've uh, maybe nine weeks since we've had a new movie pick that uh, one of us didn't know about. I'm very curious, Dean. What are, what are you going with here? Well, I wanted to do something different. Uh, I didn't want to pick something that I know I love, I know I want to give five stars to. I also didn't want to pick something that's over two hours long for obvious reasons. And I didn't want to pick something new either. So I've gone with 1954s. Do you want to have a guess? Hmm. 1954. 
feel like it's like a Humphrey Bogart film. I was going to say The Maltese Falcon, but you're not picking that. Dial uh, M for murder. Ooh, a Hitchcock. Hitchcock classic. Hitchcock. Yep. Nice. All right. That is that is definitely different in every single aspect. Well, that's what I was going for. I, I, I could have gone a foreign 50s film just to be di- really different. Yeah, could have gone Le Diabolique, little black and white Italian film. That would have been just, that would have been the ultra, like the biggest difference to Lord of the Rings. Yes, it very well could have been. It would have. Dial M for murder is what we're doing. Fantastic. All right, well, that's our next breakdown in two weeks' time. But next week, Dean, I mean, it's been a while with these two. Povy Pod, it's back. Wow, I can't wait. It's I'm feeling a little rusty. <laughs> I need to polish up on my uh, movie trivia, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I think we maybe do a couple of practice rounds between us to get to get that uh, that movie knowledge flexing again. Because God forbid, if it, if anyone doesn't do if someone doesn't do a non Lord of the Rings trivia, I'm I'm, I'm pretty screwed. <laughs> I was going to say, and your category is Lord of the Rings. Ah, <laughs> oh snap! And then we get it wrong. <laughs> All right, yeah, so we'll have another awesome guest lined up for that one. And something that's just going to be probably as big is our What Else Have Been Watching segment. Uh, maybe for you. <laughs> Actually, it's not for me, honestly. These Lord of the Rings and these Harry Potter films have taken up a fair bulk of my like last six I weeks. Mean, it's been months, and I'd be surprised if I have 10 movies there. I think I'm probably just under 20 at the moment. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Hey, to be fair, when we're doing weekly, uh, fortnightly ones, I was what knocking out maybe thirty at some point about this time last year. So don't be complaining, all right? Oh, I'm complaining. And half of these films I saw a month and a half ago. I don't know about them anymore. We get one sentence reviews. But that's going to do it for our Lord of the Rings trilogy. It's done. It's over. We are done with it. It's been fantastic. I've had a I've had a blast. Yeah, it has been great. It uh, it's been fun watching, fun talking. I've enjoyed it. All right, so thank you very much, everyone, for checking out our Lord of the Rings trilogy, and we will see you next week for Pod v Pod 36. Bye.